And welcome to Coffee Time Theology. Yeah. I'm Stu. And I'm Grace. And we're your hosts. Welcome. Grab a cup of coffee, pull up a chair, and join us as we have a chat about theology. And drink coffee. And drink coffee. Mm, I've got a decaf coffee today because it is late in the day. Is it even real coffee if it's decaf? This one doesn't taste that different than the uh, caffeinated version of it, which is interesting. It's well, suspicious. We bought this coffee machine because the decaf coffee mm. tastes... Very similar to the real coffee mm. using it. Mm. So, yeah, enjoy your coffee. Uh, welcome. We're talking today about uncertainty. This is actually a requested topic. One of our listeners asked us to talk about uncertainty, and we were a little bit uncertain, uncertain about that. Oh, that was so bad. <laughs> so bad, but so good. So bad. So we had to think about it, and here we are. Mm, here we are. Before we jump into talking about the things that are uncertain, it can help us to sort of frame the world we live in at the moment, by thinking about those things that are certain, mm. right? There are so many things that change all of the time in the world all around us, but we all find comfort in the things that maybe they don't change or maybe they change in a regular rhythm that we can predict and understand. Or the things that we can control, Yeah, you know, around things that are uncertain. The little things that we can go, I can do this. Mm. You know, lots of other things are uncertain, but I can do this. People have their own little rituals. Yeah. And their own things they do that are certain mm -hmm. or that they they impose onto the world. Yeah. Ooh, it's like, you know, life is chaos. I'm going to impose order by drinking my coffee first thing <laughs> in the morning and sitting down and reading the paper. On my phone. On my phone. Because it's the 21st century now. Yeah, it's 2022. Do people still get like a morning paper delivered? Some people do. Other things that people do are like people can find it really comforting to like mow the lawns. Because mm -hmm. there's something about, I don't know, being connected to the to the earth and the environment around us and knowing that the lawn will keep growing mm. and this ritual, this rhythm of the grass grows and then we mow the grass and then the grass grows. I have a friend who um they wash their car every Saturday, even if they haven't taken their car out that week. And I find that really strange conceptually because I do not wash my car enough. Either. Oh, ouch. Ouch. <laughs> Enough. I wash it occasionally, mm. but, you know, like they do it every week and it's like their Saturday morning rhythm. Mm. Right? They're like, this is what I'm going to do. And I think that's part of just the certainty of their life, right? You know, yeah. like, actually, I don't know what else is happening on Saturday, but I'm going to wash my car. I will wash my car. What other things do people do to find certainty, to impose their will on the cosmos? What's that from? Something about imposing your will on the... Chaos of the Cosmos. I think it's from a fantasy book. Probably. It's not relevant. Sorry. It's probably from a book. Yeah. Mm. Well, I don't know. Books. Mm -hmm. You know, hobbies, finding shared connections that we can talk about with other people, leaning into history, leaning into our family, sometimes leaning into our work, mm. are all things that we do in order to find constancy. Those things that are always there are always the same. Constancy just doesn't sound like a real word. It's a real word, Stu. It just doesn't sound like it. <laughs> <laughs> but finding those things that are part of our rhythm that we can lean on and rely on mm. help us to feel balanced in a world where everything is constantly changing. And sort of this last two years, 
things have been changing faster than normal, right? There is definitely a shift eh, in mm. the or a speeding up of of change and uncertainty caused by, you know, global pandemic plague yeah yeah global pandemic has shifted some things that were normal and certain for people yeah has removed them i guess or changed them and that disrupts so many things you know uncertainty when we beginning of the year looking at the calendar Mm -hmm. going hey what should we do this year and then being like what's what can we do this year can we plan anything yeah is it worth planning anything are we going to plan things and then have to again throw those plans out the window and it's, it's hard to live in a world where it feels like the ground is moving. Amongst that, mm-hmm. yeah, we talked about the rituals you know, yeah. of our lives, the rhythms of our lives that provide a sense of stability. Mm. And for people of faith, our faith, our relationship with God has to be a key part of that. Yeah. And it's this fascinating thought process, I think, when we consider what are our constants. Because while God is always constant, and our relationship with God can be something that we lean on, it's not as tangible for some people as it is others. So they have the rhythm. Yeah. And I think one of the things that's been really interesting is 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 our rituals, our rhythms of connecting with God become really constant and central to people's faith and really important, especially when other things are uncertain. You know, that I don't know what's happening this week, but on Tuesday night, I'm getting together with some friends and we're studying the Bible. Yeah. And I know that I can connect with God there. No, or hey, Friday evening, like, I don't know what else is happening, but I've got this thing I'm going to, and we're going to share a meal together and we're going to go worship God. Or Sunday morning, you know, mm-hmm. whatever else is happening, there's the certainty that I'm going to go worship God. I'm going to go connect with some people and I'm going to feel the presence of God in that space. Yeah. And when those things are removed, for whatever reason, for sickness, for illness, I think there's the potential to feel like God is removed. Mm. Yeah. Because the things that we connect to, the things that we use to remind us of God, the things we use as, I guess, tools to really participate in our faith, you know, those things can be swept away. But God underneath isn't swept away. And I think there's that... It feels more uncertain when your certain things are stripped back and your rhythms are stripped mm. back. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's an interesting thought process around the lockdowns, yeah. the churches that haven't been able to meet, people who actually, I do this Bible study route, I hasn't been meeting. You know, the things that we use to help remind us and help us connect with God can be pulled away, but God is still there because mm. the tangible things are really helpful. Yeah. The rituals, the rhythms. But they're not necessary to connect with God. They're just helpful. Yeah. And that's just an interesting thing for me to consider our certainty, our uncertainty, our wrestling with things in light of a God that is unchanging. It really makes me think of the parable of the wise man who built his house upon the rock and the foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And it's a parable that can be thrown off lightly. It can be sort of passed over because it's one of those stories that it makes a good song for kids at Sunday school. Mm. And it makes one of those things that, you know, the basics of Christianity almost is, of of course, the wise man builds his house upon the rock and the rock is Jesus and God. And so build your life on him and Mm. you'll be sweet. But it can actually be so much more significant when we're feeling uncertain to go back and to look at that parable again. 
and to consider where we're building our house, where we're getting our certainties from, mm. and if they are actually shifting sand, or if we have found rock, if even our spiritual practices are practices that are reliant on things that could crumble or fall away, mm. or if our relationship with God is solid regardless of all of that sort of stuff. And I think that's really important at the moment because it's a difficult season of church. It's been a hard time for smaller churches because of the pandemic and things crumbling because people have been forced away from them. Mm. And that reassessment of why am I here? What do I need? Is it safe to go out? Am I going to get COVID? Am I going to get sick? You know, those things. Yeah. What do I need from church? All of those questions are right at the forefront because yeah. of the current space. And the the reality is God is still God without the churches. Yeah. And the uncertainty of knowing if church is going to happen, if these rhythms of my spiritual practice are going to keep going, there's an uncertainty. Are they happening or not? So people have to choose, do I make my own now? Yeah. Do I go find other ones? Do I just put them aside? And it's, it's tense, right? Because yeah. there's nothing wrong with that church. There was nothing wrong with what was doing to remind ourselves of where God is. Yeah. Nothing wrong with those practices. Those are good practices, you know? But the important thing is the relationship underneath. Yeah. You know, the, the church itself is built on the rock. It's not the church that's important. It's the it's rock. It's the rock that's you know? important. We're here for this particular reason. So is our faith built on the rock as well, or is our faith accidentally built on church? That's a terrifying question. Uncertainty sometimes requires a tangible thing. Yeah. Do you remember when we bought the My Little Ponies? Yep. We bought a whole bunch of My Little Pony toys for a play cafe we were running for this kids' preschool, preschool play group thing. And we had a bunch of them. We got three or four of them. And we left them out after this thing. And we were running like a group for young people. For teenagers. For teenagers um, the next day. And we were talking about some pretty hard stuff. And we noticed in the space that there was some quite anxious young woman who, for whatever reason, three of them grabbed these ponies and then just spent the entire time we were talking combing their hair. And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> you know, in the back of my head, I was like, this is really strange to me. But there was a tangible comfort that they got in that space by holding something tangible. Yeah. And actually, we ended up getting more of them because similar things happened with other support stuff we were running of, of actually something to do with your hands, something physical to grasp was really comforting when discussing concepts that were a bit more weighty. You know, they weren't mm. the physical thing you can wrestle with. But these ponies were a comforting space, a comforting thing for these people. And I've always thought about that since then in terms of our, our church space. Right. You know, the can't see God. Yeah. Can't physically interact with God. Can't have a can, weekly phone call. Yeah. Can physically interact, go to a church. Yeah. Go to a space. Go to a place that the only thing special about it is what we choose for there to be. Yeah. There's some theology leaking through. There's nothing inherently holy about church. The place or the meeting. The place or the meeting. You know, it is, it's a building. It's an outdoors. It's wherever we choose to worship God. It's a particular time where we go, hey, this is, this is holy because we choose for it to be holy because we choose to honor God here. What makes it holy is that we choose to set it apart. Yeah. And it's, there's no, nothing inherently by itself without God. It's not a magical place. And without that choice, and without it's that just choice, a building. Yeah. And I think that 
that choice to make it a tangible reminder is quite powerful. It can help in creating those rhythms and those certainties, right? Mm. It's just important to remember that the tangible reminder is not the same as the actual thing. Mm. In the Psalms, the psalmist writes often about how their life is uncertain or things are going really badly for them or things are going really well for them. And through all of that, they will choose to trust in God because God is unchanging and certain. And that record that we have in the psalm of captured human emotion can be a really comforting read when we're feeling uncertain ourselves, when we don't quite know what's going on with work because we used to go into the office every day and then we Um. had to work at home for two years and then now no one knows if we're going to be going back into the office ever or if it's just working from home or whatever it is that's going on. Recognizing that in times of a deeper uncertainty than we normally feel, there is the opportunity to step out in faith and rest deeper in God Mm. and say, actually, what is it that's the bedrock of my life? Mm. What is it that isn't shifting sand, that won't move underneath my feet, that is always constant and certain and there, and that is God? Mm. How do we find it? How do we find God and how do we find the time to rest in that certainty is always the question, right? It can be in those rituals. It can be in meeting other people of God at church and mm. worshiping God together. Yeah. It can be sitting down with a friend and having a coffee and saying, hey, I'm feeling really anxious right now. Can you mm. just be aware of that, please? It can be making time to just go, hey, I'm just going to go pray. Yeah. Right. Like I'm just going to, I'm going to start my morning with my coffee and Jesus. Mm-hmm. I'm going to add into my spaces certainty. We can rest deeper in God when the uncertainty is deeper. Because there is no end to the depth of God. It's funny, the concept of uncertainty is hard to finish on a certain note, you know, yeah. to say, and that was all of the uncertainty, and this is all of the certain things, and we're done. You it's know? dealt with. By, so... by nature, uncertainty <laughs> is a part of life. Yeah. And it is not an easily resolved thing. You can tie in a bow and be like, cool, we've done. What we can do is have faith that there are some things that don't have to be uncertain. And I know I'm going to talk about Leviticus just, you know, for a second here. But the whole concept for me of the atonement of Levitical law, Mm -hmm. this idea of being like, I don't know where I am with God. I don't know. I don't know if I'm right with God. So I'm going to do this thing. There's this system that I can follow to know that at the end of the day, if I have done these things, I am right with God. Mm -hmm. There's no uncertainty about whether I'm in a good place with God. Yeah. And I think... That certainty, that certainty that's wrapped up in Jesus, the certainty of knowing that God died, God lived, God chose to make a way. Yeah. I think that's huge in this space, not because it fixes everything. Because, I mean, on a cosmic scale, on an eternal scale, I guess it does fix everything. But knowing that I'm right with God doesn't mean I don't have to pay my power bill if I'm stressing about that or uncertain about these things. What it does do is it gives me a certainty. Mm-hmm. You know, in my spirit, I know I am right with God. It is well, it is well with, with my, my soul. soul being a certain stamp yeah. of going, no, no, no. Like, all this other stuff, uh, I don't know. Even so, it is well with my soul. Or there's, there's that other song that I thought about. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Mm. So we hope that as you continue about your week, that you find the space to find some certainty in God. Mm. 
lean into those rhythms, those rituals that can help us recognize that it's okay if it gives you certainty one week and it doesn't the next. Mm. The ritual itself is shifting sand, but God will always be there and will always be able to be found when you seek him. So take a deep breath. Drink some more water. Know that you are loved. And have a great day. Bye. Bye.